and emerging authors navigate the choppy waters of publishing. I'm your host, Karen Schober, indie author and author consultant. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we are talking about the craft of writing, or rather, how we write. There are many ways to approach writing a story, and please keep in mind that the only wrong way is to not write your book. But how do you do it? I've had countless people ask me the same question on how I write my books. There are three main ways you can approach writing your own story. Pants, plot, or hybrid. The pants style is short for the writing by the seat of the pants. Not pre-planning the story or prep, but just letting the words flow. This works for many people in many genres, especially fiction. There's no outlining or taking notes or copious research needed. Very little to no pre-writing work is done in advance. You just sit down and write the story as you make it up. On the other end of the spectrum, there are the plotters. They make outlines and make notes in their pre-writing process. They know exactly what is going to happen in each chapter where the, pa- where the pacing needs to be and are well prepared for twists and turns of the story before they even sit down for their first writing session. This method works well for those who wrote the story out of order and piece it back together since they know what the puzzle will look like as they create each piece of the final product. Hybrid is a bit of both. This is how I categorize my style of writing. Some of the story is planned out, but is not as structured as having an outline or the plotline completely mapped out. This is my style, and it seems to work best for me. I like to have bullet points for things I want to happen in the story, and maybe most of the plot, but never fully written down. I like this I like this method because it leads to spontaneous moments and to allow the characters to take over telling me the story instead of me being the story's sole puppet master. I also never write the ending until the end. I once did this and wrote the ending well before the bulk of the story was done, and it led to me not fin- being able to finish the story. It felt like I had rushed to the ending much like a reader that reads the last chapter of a book before the rest of it. Doing that basically ruined the story for me. That story is sitting in a folder on my computer and will probably stay there and never see the light of day. I do write chronologically from beginning to end, and if I go back and fill something in, it's well after the first draft is completed. But that's how I figured how I write. And I think every writer needs to experiment and figure out what works best for them. Trying different ways to craft a story can be an amazing part of the development of your skill as a writer. Figuring out what works best for you and then doing it. Just because it works for a great writer doesn't mean it will work for you or actually any other author. How we create is as unique as we are. It could be a proper outline or just a few post-it notes stuck to the edge of the monitor. As long as the book is written, then it is a process that works for you. And if writing the last chapter works for you, then do it. 
trying out new and different methods is really the only way to know what will work best for you. Don't be afraid to scrap your notes if the story takes on a life of its own, but peek back at them once in a while to see if you can use some of that pre-writing work if it does go all out the window. On another note, if you ever get a story idea, jot down the big picture ideas. If you think you'll remember it when you have the time to start a new project, I can guarantee that you will not remember those brilliant thoughts that you came up with when this plot bunny came into existence, and it will be gone forever if you don't write it down. It doesn't matter if you're a pantser or a plotster, you will forget it. And knowing you lost that story idea is a horrible feeling. All that untapped creative potential is now gone. Regardless of how you write your book, especially if it's a part of a series, writing the plot points and important moments in the story can be very useful in creating a series Bible or reference document so you can go back and quickly reference moments in the past efficiently. So what do you think you are? Are you a pantser, a plotster, or something in between? Post that in the comments in this podcast, in this episode's podcast. I'd love to find out. Today's show is brought to you by Canva. Being an author means having to market your own materials, no matter if you're indie or trad. Instead of hiring someone, using Canva can help you create your own graphics for things like social media, printed graphics, without the learning curve of other programs. With easy-to-use, customizable templates ready to go, it makes creating a breeze. I use them for all my social media, create podcast tiles, and even around the house. Canva is a growing platform already used by more than 18 million users worldwide. It helps users create stunning and intuitive designs that can be used for social media posts, website graphics, and even pr printed materials. Users can do anything from graphic designs to video editing. To check it out and get your own free account, go to partner.canva.com A-H-L and start designing right away. This word of the week is tropes. Merriam-Webster defines a trope as a word or expression used in a figurative sense or figure of speech, or a common or overused theme or device, a cliche. Normally, tropes and cliches have a negative connotation. Cliches over tropes, but they don't have to be. A trope can be a commonly used situation within a story. With all the stories out there in the world, in all the mediums, movies, TVs, books, etc., of course there will be ones with similar situations. While it should not be confused with genre, these can overlap there as well. In the romance genre, there are countless tropes. It could be the friends to lovers or the second chance at love. There can be more than one trope within a book as well, and usually there are because the plot and subplots crafted within may not be directly related to the genre of the book. 
Most of the time, it is in the story's best interest to avoid trope cliches because they can come across as overdone or insensitive or can look like lazy writing. When doing your writing and planning things out, it is okay to include tropes, but not as a crutch for the story, but to make it better and to help you when it's time to think about your comparables. Comparables are books or movies that are similar to book, your book. If you liked X, then you'll love Y. But that is the basic view on tropes. In news, there is some big news. If you remember a few weeks ago, I said that Penguin Random House is looking to purchase Simon and Schuster, the two two of the biggest public traditional publishing houses in America. Over the last few weeks, they have headed to Washington D.C. for antitrust hearings because this would turn Penguin Random House into one of the largest publishing companies in the U.S., if not the world. And if it wasn't just the executives speaking on Capitol Hill, they got Stephen King to speak about the topic. So why is this such a big deal? The government is worried about monosophy. A monosophy is when there is a sole buyer of goods or services versus a monopoly where there is a sole supplier of goods or services. A similar situation arose when Amazon was being accused of a monosophy in regards to ebooks before 2010. It took the big six to approach Apple to add ebooks to the iTunes to break that up and then open the floodgates for ebook distribution channels. They are saying that the merger of Penguin Random House with Simon Schuster is a violation of Section 7 of the Clayton Act, which is an antitrust law that dates back as far as 1914. If this merger is to go through, it will result in almost doubling the size of the company and turning the big five traditional publishers into the big one and three leftovers. The government fears that this will lead to both lower royalties for the authors and a decrease in book diversity. Random House and Simon Schuster say this is not the case. While they do agree they will be bigger than their competitors, their imprints are what bid on future books and sometimes compete against themselves for book titles, even within the same parent organization. These imprints will stay or be merged with similar imprints during the merger, but the larger corporate structure will be the part that will be merged. The case has been going on for about three weeks and should be nearing the end, probably next week or so, before the judge issues a verdict on whether or not this is a violation of Section 7 and if the merger can happen. While there are pros and cons to this merger, it is clear that someone will eventually buy Simon & Schuster. Will it be Penguin Random House or someone else? That's the real question. So time for my personal update. This week has been finishing up the semester, so there have been many papers and projects to finish up. 
but I was able to prepare this week's show and do some pre-work for another project I'm getting to ready I'm getting ready to launch on October 3rd. On October 3rd, I will be releasing Aliens and Mole People, the podcast, where I tell weird stories and urban legends on a weekly basis. I've been having fun getting together stories I plan on sharing, and some of you some you may know and others you may not know of yet. I've been learning more about podcast production and the software that is used. So it's been a great uh, journey and I look forward to doing a lot more. I hope everyone has a great week and I look forward to talking with you next. Have a good one. This was the Author's Lighthouse, a Fireball Studio production. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Author's Lighthouse. And if you like the show, Leave us, leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform. It really helps get the show discovered. And also don't forget to subscribe. If you have a topic you would like to suggest for a future episode, email it to karen at theauthorslighthouse.com. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, please support the show at patreon.com slash authorslighthouse. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash authors lighthouse every bit helps support the show